0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I believe that God is wanting to do something beyond the way that we have been able to receive. And this morning, some of you have been struggling with things in your life for five years, for tw- 10 years, for 20 years, for 25 years, for 30 years. I'm not talking about you you jokers that are like, oh, God, isn't just, he hasn't met my need. I've been praying and God hasn't been, where is God at? And it's only been two days you've been praying for this thing. I'm talking about those of you that have been praying for something. You've been dealing with something for some years. You've been battling with something for some years. You, you've been in this thing for some time. You've been struggling with something for for a, for a minute. You've been going through a battle. You've been in this. You've been battling it. And you've gone five years and the breakthrough hasn't happened. You've gone ten years and it hasn't happened. You've gone 20 and you wonder, you know, God, is this just the way my marriage is going to be? Is this just the way I'm going to deal with this sickness? Am I always going to be broke? Am I always going to deal with depression? Am I always going to be fighting inside in this battle? Is this addiction always going to have me? I need you to understand something. is that it's never over. Until God has his say so. As long as God has yet to show up in your situation, there's still hope. And so this morning, if you would stand with me, I want to read a scripture to you found in John chapter 5. John chapter 5, and it's on the screen there for you. There's a man that's been sick for 38 years. Someone say 38. He's not 38 years old. He's been dealing with an illness for 38 years. Been dealing with a sickness for 38 years. Dealing with an infirmity for 38 years. Doctors couldn't help. I'm sorry, doc. They tried, but they couldn't help. There's something that medicine can't take care of. And so these people were gathering in a place... Bethesda Bethesda was a place that was called according to the Bible was a place called the house of mercy or the house of compassion just like CWC hundreds gathered week after week that were sick that were blind that were lame that were paralyzed and they came in hopes of just the spirit of God moving the water and the first one that made it in the water was healed And so people gathered there for this spiritual lottery of healing. It says, soon after another feast came around and Jesus was back in Jerusalem. How many of you know when Jesus shows up, things happen? Near the sheep gate in Jerusalem, there was a pool. Everyone say sheep gate. I need you to understand. In Jerusalem, the the temple was a place that you brought the sheep in. In order to offer a sacrifice unto God because without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin. Remember when Adam and Eve uh, sinned and God killed an animal and covered them? Yeah. He, he killed an animal and so an animal had to die in order to cover their nakedness. And so from that time, they began to offer animals as a sacrifice to cover our nakedness of sin before God. And so the sheep gate was, well, was something that was prepared, that they allowed the sheep to come in through the, into the city without taking them right down the, set, the center of the city so there wasn't sheep crap everywhere. They, they set a special place for the sheep to come in next to the temple to bring the sacrifice. In other words, the city prepared a place, an opening for the Lamb of God to come in. To deal with the sin and to cover them in order to bring healing by the pool. You didn't catch that. You need to prepare a place, an opening for God in your life. In Hebrew, it was called Bethesda with five alcoves. Now, now some versions say porches. These porches provided shade to those that were sitting there during the the, the noon sun. It it goes off and says this. Hundreds of sick people. How many? Hundreds. 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 Folks, this is is a place where people that are gathered that are blind, crippled, and paralyzed. Can can you imagine how this place looks? Even more than that, imagine how it smells. Come on, let's get real. When you're paralyzed, you ain't got. If no one could pick you up to take you into the pool, how are they going to pick you up to take you to the bathroom? Place smells like urine, feces. The smell in that area is is probably pretty bad. And yet, in this place, one man had been invalid there for thirty-eight years. Some of y'all are like, Pastor, that ain't nothing. I've been married to this man for 50. <laughs> Don't worry, honey, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> and when Jesus saw him, he stretched out by the pool, and he knew how long he'd been there. Sweetheart, I need you to understand. Gentlemen, I need you to understand. God knows how long you've been where you're at. On, he sees you. Yeah. He knows. And nobody knows. Nope, He knows. And he asked him this question. He said, do you want to be made well? Pray with me. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As we start this message this morning, there's a true story of a man by the name of Sam Childress, who was probably one of the the, the meanest, one of the roughest, one of the most... uh, evil individuals that you could find he found himself coming out of jail and his wife while he was in jail ended up giving her heart to God she used to be a stripper got saved gave her life to the Lord and once she did that she they found a conflict in their marriage because what her what she used to do didn't match now what her husband was and and there was this conflict in the family and then she began to pray for him so one day she goes to church with his wife and gets saved Gives his heart to God and God radically changes him. And so he ends up going on a missions trip to Africa. And it's during the middle of, how many remember seeing on social media in 2012, everything about Coney? Remember, Coney, it was all about the genocide that was going on in the Sudan. They were wiping out hundreds of children that were out there. And he goes out there. He sees a civil war going on, sees children being killed. And in the process of that, God moves on his heart and he decides, you know what? I'm going to build an orphanage here to protect these children. And so he builds this orphanage. But in the process while he's doing that, you've got these militants coming in trying to kill the kids. And so this preacher picks up a machine gun. And he starts defending them. And he's become known as the machine gun preacher. There was a movie made of him. Now, I need you to understand if you get the movie. It's a movie about a Christian. Not a Christian movie. It's a movie about a Christian, not a Christian movie, okay? Now, has your pastor seen it? Hundreds of times. <laughs> I ain't afraid to admit it. I love the movie, but it's a powerful story because every time I see that, I feel like we're not doing enough. He builds the orphanage, and when he builds the orphanage, the the, the, the Militants come in and burn it down. What do you do when you build something and it gets torn down? You build again. What am I telling you this morning? I'm telling you, no more excuses. We don't need butt people in the church, some butts are bigger than others. B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. Because all of us stay on our butt at one time or another. God wants to do something in our life, but. I want to do it, but I didn't come from the right neighborhood. I want to do it, but I don't have the right education. I want to do it, but, you know, what? I don't have the finances. I want to do it, but you don't know my marriage. I, you know, in fact, instead of telling you about what this guy went through, take a look at this. Did you ever to give it to him? Burn it down. Don't Where are you? In the way. You have test Sam. I can't do it no more, man. It's over. Sam? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Them kids have had their whole lives burned to the ground, even worse. How many of them used to give it up? God gave you a purpose, Sam Shillers. Now get off your butt, stop your crying, and build it again. We will never build anything of consequence as long as we stay on our butts. The excuses that we use to keep from moving on and moving forward. See, if we sat here in this room and all told our stories, I just came out of a really tough time. And this past Friday was the, the, the 12th, what would have been the 20th birthday of my baby girl. I was a basket case on Friday. Been 12 years since she passed away, but I was a basket case. Every every time I, I would look at a picture, I just start crying and I I couldn't hold it together. And my wife came down, she goes, Are you okay? I said, No, I feel like I'm going crazy. I can't hold it together. All I was doing was I would felt like a babbling idiot. And just kept weeping and crying. And she goes, babe, you're going to be all right. I said, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm struggling so much. This has been the hardest day. She would have been 20. What would she have looked like? What would her personality have been? What would she have grown up to be? What college would she have been in? Would she be married yet? And we started just thinking about this. I would start thinking all the what ifs. And I have people telling me, man, I'm proud of you that you kept on going. You didn't give up. But the thing is, there's times that I had to move on. Why? Because I couldn't let my butt get in the way. There's so many things that want to hold us back. And here's a man who's sick, not for a day, not for 30 days, but for 38 years he's struggling with this. And there's some of you that have been dealing with an issue for longer than 38 years. Then you're wondering, do is there any hope? But I want you to know something. He comes to Bethsaida, which is the place, the house of mercy, a house of compassion. And he comes every day in hopes of being set free. Many of you come to church every week hoping this is the day. This is the day I get my breakthrough. This is the day I'm going to have my break. This is the time that everything's going to work out, and yet you go home and it didn't happen, and so you come again. And to you, I applaud you. I applaud those of you that don't give up. That have no excuse and you just keep on coming. You keep on coming and you keep on coming and you keep on coming. And you show up after one year, after two years, after three years, after four. And you keep on coming even though your breakthrough hasn't happened yet. And here's a man that lived with hope but he struggled with reality. He has this hope that God is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. But I'm dealing with the sickness today and my diabetes in my cancer, in my struggle, in my my battles that I'm going through. I have this hope that he's Jehovah Jireh over here, but I find myself broke just getting through the week. I have more month than I have money left. And we deal with this battle in our lives and this con quandrum that we're trying to figure out who God says he is and what I'm experiencing in my life right now. Many of you know that you've been Promised freedom from addiction. You've been given the promise of you're the head and not the tail, a lender and not a borrower, above and not beneath, but right now the reality is you're broke. And you're like, when are, I'm the, what am I the head of? What am I a borrower? What a lender of? When's my turn gonna come? And I want you to notice that in this place is gathered, notice the three kinds of people that are gathered here. You got the blind, you got the lame. And the paralyzed. And what's amazing is that the the blind people begin to become lame. The lame people begin to become paralyzed. The paralyzed people begin to get blind. Because when you hang around with people of the same kind, of different sicknesses in that environment after a while. All of a sudden, the lame man picks up the problem of the blind man. And it's just not the inability to see. You can no longer see yourself free from the sickness or the problem that you're going through. How do I know this? Is that when Jesus walks up to this man in this condition, Jesus asks him a question. And he says, do you want to be made whole? Now, I want you to notice something, even before we get there. How many people are gathered in this place? Thank you, babe. Thank you, John. I was calling John babe. How many people were gathered there, folks? Hundreds. Follow me on this. This is going to mess with some of your theology. Jesus walks in where there's blind, lame, and crippled. Hundreds. Better move, <laughs> brother. Coming through. So, me how. How you doing? You like Kaepernick? It's all right. He's good. He's good. Jesus steps over. How many people? To get to one. Didn't heal all them other folk. Came to one. Stepped over, I won't step over you. <laughs> stepped over all these people to get to one. And I need you to understand this man showed up at the house of mercy and compassion, shows up like any other day, not expecting Jesus to show up. This man didn't have Jesus in his calendar, but God had him on his calendar. I need you, oh, you gotta catch this. That there are times that you come to church and you're just going through the rope motion. You're not even expecting God to show up. But God's saying, I got an appointment before the foundations of the earth. I wrote it down and I got an appointment with you today. That's why you got to keep showing up. What if he said, I ain't going today? I've been there for 38 years. And every time the water got stirred, I had no one to put me in the water, and I didn't get healed. What if he didn't show up? Jesus would have stepped over. All them people ended up over there, and he would have ended up next to an empty seat. Where'd he go? Sometimes, folks, all you got to do is show up. All you got to do is show up. All you got to do is show up in your marriage, gentlemen. All you got to do is show up as a father. All you got to do is show up as a wife. All you got to do is show up in your walk with God. All you got to do, after doing all you can to stand. You ever see a boxer? When they're, they're in the ring and they're just getting lit up. Bill, I'm going to step right under this so feedback. Might... You ever notice? Muhammad Ali perfected it rope a dope and there's times that you just stay up against the ropes because you can't stand and you're using the ropes to keep you from falling back down after doing all you can to stand just show up some of us go down I'm just telling you to stand up some of you can't even stand I'm not just telling you just just to show up and you know what? We don't. We show up one week and then we don't show up for 12 weeks. We show up another week and then we don't show up. If you would just show up, how do you know that Jesus didn't show up with that appointment book that you weren't here? Yeah. Y'all ain't hearing me this morning. You're not hearing me this morning. Because you know what? This is religion to you, not relationship. You're going through a religious experience of coming to church, not meeting your King. This man learned to cope with it. And Jesus walks in. And you know what? I want you to recognize that there are times in our life he, he got, God asks him. Jesus shows up and he tells him this. Do you want to be made well? And this is how I know that this man, the lame man, this paralyzed man became blind. Because when Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? He wasn't just talking, do you want to be healed? See, when God shows up, He just doesn't heal your body. He heals your spirit. He heals your finances. He heals your marriage. He heals your, your mind. He heals the whole, the whole thing body, soul, and spirit. God's not just, He just doesn't take, He's not concerned. Remember when the lame man was brought down through the roof and the, Jesus tells, looks at him and says, Behold, your sins are forgiven? You've got a man that's paralyzed coming through the, the, the ceiling. And when he comes in front of Jesus, Jesus ministers to the most important need. And the most important need wasn't the paralysis. It was the sin. And he heals and forgives him of his sin. And then people are freaked out. How can you forgive sin? He goes, oh, you think that's amazing? Check this out. Rise up and walk. Do you want to be made well? Look what the man says in verse 57. If the worship team can help me. He says in verse 7, The sick man said, this is how I know he was blind. Sir, when the water is stirred, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. By the time I get there, somebody else is already in. It's not what I asked you. I asked you, do you want to be made well? Well, you see what happened. You want your marriage put back together. Well, you know what? You don't know my wife, Pastor Dan. Didn't ask you that question. Do you want to be made well? Well, you don't know my finances and what we're going through at work. There's layoffs. Didn't ask you that. I asked you, do you want to be made well? You don't know my kids. Do you want to be made whole? You don't know my addictions. Do you want to be made whole? Well, do you want to be made whole? Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through right now in my mind. This depression is tearing me up inside. But that's not the question he asked. You hang out with blind people so long, you lose your capacity to see. You lose your vision, you lose your ability. And when you can't see it, you can never be it. If you don't see yourself free, you'll never be free. If you never see yourself skinny, you'll never be skinny or healthy. Let me change that. Not skinny. Healthy. I want you to be healthy. don't want you skinny. If you can't see yourself out of debt, you'll never be out of debt. He says, I have nobody. Do you want to be made whole? And he's saying... I ain't got nobody. Do you realize who's standing in front of you right now? Dude, do you understand? You're so blind that you got the one that spoke the word and all the world came into order. You got the one that uh, designed the stars and hung them on nothing. You got the one that with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the beginning said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness and let them have dominion. That's the one that is standing in front of you. The one that designed you. Oh, somebody got to catch this. He's standing in front of them. And the man's saying, but I'm broken. I have no one to do this for me. And God's like, you you don't understand. You got the manufacturer in front of you right now. I'm the one that designed you. I'm the one that put you together. I'm the one that had it in mind. When your car breaks down, you you got a Mercedes and your Mercedes breaks down and it's under warranty. Where do you take it to? You don't take it to Toyota. You don't take it to Mazda. And as good as they are, you don't take it to Lexus or BMW. You take your car to the manufacturer. Why? Because they're the ones that designed it. They're the ones that are legally know how to put it back together again. That's why many times we're broken. And we go to drugs, we go to alcohol, we go to women, we go to men, we go to parties, we go to different things to try to fix what they did not create. (laughs) Drink that bottle, and at the bottom of the bottle, all you find is emptiness. The problem's still there, and now you got a major hangover to go with it. You know, I just feel so lonely. Let me find a guy. So you find this guy, and then all of a sudden, you feel love that night because of the closeness. Then when he wake up in the morning and he's gone, you realize all I've been is used. It's empty. It's fleeting. Do you want to be made whole? I love what Jesus does. He don't even mess with the guy's excuses. And if we were to do it in today's vernacular, I I believe if Jesus did respond to him, he probably would have said, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) He looks at the man and he says this. Get up. Take up your mat. And walk. Was he still lame when Jesus said it? Yeah. Was he still in the same environment when Jesus said it? Yeah. Was there still a crappy smell in the air when Jesus said it? Yeah. His environment didn't change. The difference was the one that changed his environment stepped into his environment. And he said, do you want to be made whole? What am I telling you this morning? Show up. Keep showing up. 38 years he kept showing up. And when Jesus shows up, Jesus doesn't even deal with this excuse. Not concerned about your butt. God's not concerned about how big your butt is in life. About how big that thing that is trying to hold you back. All God says is this. Get up. Get up. The righteous man fails. Or falls seven times, but gets up eight. What makes you righteous isn't the fact that you never fall. It's the fact that you can get up again. I need to know if anybody got a little get up left in them. I just need to know if there's a marriage in here that still has a little get up in it. I need to know if there's a man in this place that still has a little get up for his family. I need to know if there's a woman that still has a little get up for their community. I need to know that there's a woman that has a little get up for her children. I need to know if there's someone that has a little get up for their God. Someone that still has a get up. There's still a little get up in them. They have a little get up still that's able to take place. They have a little get up. There's still some get up in you. Is there a get up in your spirit? You need a get up moment. You need a get up command. And I love the fact, stay standing. I love the fact that Jesus didn't request him to stand. He commanded him to get up. There's a time to stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up. That's what he was doing. See, you can't heal people's pity parties. And this guy wanted God to feel sorry for him. I got nobody. I got nobody, Pastor. I got there's some of y'all that when I see you coming, I hate to admit it, I go the other way. Cause y'all bring me down. You're always in a pity party. You're like the layman. There's Pastor. Hold on, Pastor. It'd be one thing if you wanted to walk again. I'd love to be there. But it's for those of y'all that, do you want to be made well? Well, you don't understand what I'm going through, what a brother's having to go through right now. (laughs) Jesus said, get up. He doesn't deal. You got to stop moving, stop living and operating from pity to start operating in promise. Take up your bed. Man, sewer family, you guys are hard to move, man. Y'all don't stand up for nothing, huh? Y'all, y'all just, they just don't touch y'all, huh? Just don't touch it. Uh, we heard better, Pastor. You got to bring it at another level if you want us to move. That's just an average sermon for us. I'm just messing with y'all because y'all are big. He says, take up your bed. The thing that once carried you, carry it. Take dominion. Take that thing that you used to roll out on, the thing that you was your excuse, the thing that held you up. Roll that sucker up. Pick it up and start walking. I'm here to tell you, it's time to start walking. You need to get up. You need to roll up. And you need to walk out. It's time to move forward in your life. Bow your heads with me right now. Lord, help us. Thank you for the sewer standing, my God. It would have gotten ugly. Especially with Jake. Father, we ask now, my God, for every person in this house, my Your grace. You love us. Even in our pity condition. Even in the conditions that we lay there in our own feces and urine, my God, and just don't move where all we have is excuses but Lord you remove you don't even bother with our excuses you see the completed me you see the whole me you see the full me you see the me I was intended to be you see my marriage whole. you see my children serving you you see my finances put together you see me free from addiction free from depression my body whole from sickness Lord I thank you now heads bowed and eyes closed you're here right now and there's something that you've been battling, not for, uh, for, for 30 days. And, you know, if you're going through that kind of battle, God bless you. I, I, I'm, I, this is for you. But I'm talking about those mainly that have you've been battling for some years. Battling for some years. Christina, how many years were you addicted? 16 years dealing with an illness before God set her free. Daniel, how many years did you deal with addiction? 25 years with addiction before God set him free and put him on the right track. We got brother Albert Luna that was that was committed to a wheelchair. He was paralyzed before God raised him up again. I, I'm here to tell you, God is a miracle-working God. So you're here and there's something you've been bad. There's some marriages that have been in this church that have been on the verge of divorce that have fallen apart. And God puts you back together again. I witnessed it firsthand. I had a front row seat for it. I'm so proud of you. But you kept showing up. You kept showing up. God has an appointment with you this morning. You're here. You've been dealing with something for a long time. You're saying, Pastor, today, today's my day. Lift your hand all over this place. Today's my day. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands going up all over. God bless you. God bless you. You hold on to that faith. You hold on to that belief. But what if it doesn't happen today? What are we going to do? I'm going to show up next week. I'm going to just keep showing up. Because you know what? I'm not going to stop on the seventh time around the wall on the seventh day just because I'm tired. Because I'll miss out on the walls falling down. There's timing. You can put your hands down. Secondly, you're here right now and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Didn't say you went to church. I've told you this hundreds of times. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian like going to your garage make you a car. Going to McDonald's make you a hamburger or going to a donut shop make you a cop. Going to church doesn't... Why does everyone laugh at number three all the time? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's a living relationship with Christ. You know, I need you to... I'm married to her. I'm not in a religion, I'm in a relationship. Which means I come home even when I don't feel married. Married men know what I'm talking about. Married women know what I'm talking about. In the times you don't feel like being married. But every time I look at this ring, I remember the commitment I made to her. And I'm not going on feeling, I'm going on commitment. I made a promise, and my word means something. If I tell you I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna be there. I'm not gonna be there till things get rough, I'm gonna be there to the end. As the spiritual father of this home, of this house, as the apostolic leader of this house, I've made a commitment to this family, to be here for this family. We've made a commitment. That's why when my daughter died, we didn't walk away. We stayed in it. That pool had five porches. Let me say this and I'm, I'm done. Really. Those five porches represent the fivefold ministry spoke about in the book of Ephesians. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. When those five offices are operating in the church, it provides an atmosphere of mercy and compassion that the water begins to get stirred and people are healed as a result. This house will get and begin to raise up the apostolic leaders, the prophetic leaders, the evangelistic leaders, the pastoral leaders, and the the teachers and the instructors. And we will begin to see the, the, the water stirring where God begins to bring transformation. Every one of you have a part in that. Every one of you is a porch for someone's life. You're a covering. You're a covering. That's why you need to get whole. I don't need you under the porch. I need you being a porch. Time to get healed, folks. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.